Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Um, let's move on, shall we? Um, as, as promised, we've got a special guest today, CPL Commissioner, CSB CEO, Mark Noonan, back on the show for the first time since I think your first week in the job. Mark, welcome back. Yeah, I think I've lost a lot of hair. It's gotten grayer since then, and uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. I was going to say, like, when we spoke to the last lot. time, <laughs> you, you were fresh, you know, looking forward to the job, and then a lot of stuff's happened yeah. the last year or so. Um, honestly, what were you expecting this kind of firestorm on, on, on numerous fronts when you took the job? Yeah, I mean, my first boss uh, kind of put it to me pretty quickly. He said, you know, we get paid to solve problems. And, you know, we we have some problems. We're going to continue to have problems. And uh, it, it's actually not a bad thing. It means people care and that there's things to uh, to discuss and have dialogue on. It certainly has been challenging and it's been frustrating in a lot of cases because, you know, I wanted to see the sport of soccer compete against baseball and basketball and football and hockey and everything else. I don't want to see the sport of soccer competing against itself. And that's that's the thing that's most frustrating. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, that we can all join together as we head into the, the, the Women's World Cup this summer and then head toward the Gold Cup in 2026 you know, as, as one sport. Well, let's start with the CPL, shall we? Obviously, enjoying its fifth season, ups and downs the last uh, number of years. Um, and up very much right now is Vancouver, making its debut this season. Yeah. So far, it seems like to be a big success, albeit very, very early. Let's get your thoughts just on the Vancouver's addition to the league. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, not, not only is it a, a, a new team in an important market, but uh, you know, it's led by, by Rob Friend. And so here is a decorated Canadian international who's transitioning from being a great player to being an owner in his home country and building a cathedral to the sport 
with his money. And, um, you know, I think uh, Rob and, and, and Josh Simpson, these guys have got to be celebrated and recognized for giving back to the, to the sport. And, you know, building leagues is really hard. And it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and, and you're going to make some mistakes. But, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, one of Canada's own has come back and built a built a, a cathedral in, in, in Vancouver and um, is giving back to the community. It's just such a such a thing that I don't think is celebrated enough. Well, Mark, yeah. you're certainly right about the, the, the sport feeding on itself and shouldn't, and we shouldn't be doing that to each other. But that's really something that we've seen historically in this country, that that sort of things happens and happens, unfortunately. And battling through that is obviously a challenge. Uh, what is the latest on York United? Is there some uh, groups coming in or interest in that, uh, in that uh, organization now? Yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of interest in in the league itself, which, uh, you know, York is an opportunity as, as we all know that we need to correct and we're doing that. And, uh, the reason why, um, we actually made the deal with York's former owners is that we wanted to make the transaction as smooth and seamless as possible. So a, a new ownership group can deal directly with me and my leadership team and in our board, rather than it being convoluted with a, a, a third party. So it's been business as usual as, as, as York. Um, and it's uh, yeah, the, the, the conversations that we are having around, not just York, but around the league uh, are as positive as I've seen since I've been, been in this seat. Would the, would the goal be to keep York in Toronto or would you be looking to move that franchise into another, another city? Yeah, the, the goal is, you know, you, you know, Toronto's the fourth largest city in the in North America. You know, we, we can have more than just York in Toronto, but the goal is to have great ownership playing in the right facility with the right conditions to be successful. And, you know, we're in the process of uh, considering all options, whether that, you know, continuing it at, at Lions Stadium, perhaps going to a different venue, perhaps building a new venue. Um, you know, part of that depends on the new ownership that comes comes into that the market but uh, we're open to building a sustainable businesses wherever those are yeah i mean listen, you know, there was hope, obviously with edmonton too so, sorry craig um, there was hope with edmonton too right it didn't work out obviously had to team move on from yeah. from edmonton so you are confident though that you know there will be football if not necessarily in that stadium york will be yeah. an entity uh this time next season yeah yeah absolutely we're confident in that um where we sit right now and 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 you know some people have heard me say this before but um 20 21 years ago when i was at uh, major league soccer i authored the press release folding major league soccer uh at the time we had 12 teams and thanks to a guy named phil anschutz um we decided to uh, only fold two teams miami and tampa and we went down to a 10-team league uh, where you could buy a franchise for $5 million U.S. Um, Phil Anschutz himself owns six of those teams. And we only had two other owners, Bob Kraft and, and Lamar Hunt. Uh, yesterday, MLS announced a new uh, expansion franchise in San, uh, San Diego for $500 million. Um, 
you have to take a couple of hits along the way in order to, 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 to grow a league. And, 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 and we've had to do that in Edmonton and in, in York, but uh, I've never been more bullish or confident in our ability to continue expanding this league, uh, learning those lessons that we've learned so far. You know, Mark, when you look at fan experience, we talk about that and Hamilton or uh, Halifax is a really good example of that. You know, you, You've got this beautiful little stadium, it's tight, you've got a fan experience around it, so you, you build literally a party around uh, an event, and then a soccer game breaks out. When a young league, what you have here, is that important to build that? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I look at York United and that whole, just the university setup there, there's, it's not really a place where you can tailgate or there's bars around or that sort of thing to sort of have that experience. Is that something important? Edmonton was the same. You know, they're out there by Commonwealth Stadium. It's, a, it's just a really dour kind of area. There's nowhere really to, you know, to gather. Um, but the places with that fan experience seem to do very, very well. Uh, is that important uh, moving think, forward? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's all, all about... It's all about providing you know, value for the entertainment dollar. And in a place like Halifax, we're fortunate of the, the location of where that stadium is, um, to, you know, that people can go and you know, walk down to their favorite pub and then go to the game before and after. And, you know, that does make a, that does make a difference. And that's going to be a consideration, you know, both from an expansion standpoint and whether we do what we might do with, uh, with, with York. But when you can have, when you can have that uh, combined with, uh, with, with great football um, on the field, it absolutely makes a makes makes a difference. But you know, I think first and foremost is you know we, we have to make sure that uh, that our product is right too, and that we continue to work on the actual football product, not just the entertainment value of that, but also the asset value of that. And 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 we've you know, one of the things that uh, again CPL is is starting to do. We've placed I think five guys on the Canadian men's national team that have come and played in our league in in, in a very short period of time. And as we expand that pipeline through our relationship with the you know, League One and operation of that of that franchise and getting closer with the clubs that uh, that are developing players, you're going to see more and more of that. That's going to help the product on the field but also help the Canadian national team as well as the asset value because ultimately we're going to have to sell a number of those good players to uh, more established leagues and reinvest that money back into you know, continuing to build out the product. Yeah, you mentioned League One. and that's, Sorry, Amy, go ahead. I was just going to say the, the same link talking about League One and, and you, you do the comparison or talked about how that feeds into the national teams. So the Whitecaps, their elite team, their Rex team just won um, the FIFA Youth Cup. And I was uh, I accompanied Quebec's version of that team uh, in France last month and very good results against mm-hmm. the likes of PSG. So it's clear that our talent stacks up against the talent. in in Europe and the rest of the world. But where we're lacking is that infrastructure after the fact. So you've been doing good work um, developing the League Ones, but how do we then apply that to then success and resources available to our youth national teams so that that pipeline that you talk or that you speak of is really robust and we're really feeding them into success and springboarding them into potentially professional careers or just successful national team tenures. Yeah. I mean, we can, we we can control what we can control. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm proud to say that there's been, I think at the highest level of league one, there's been 2000 men play men's players 
players that have come through there and 1,500 women's players. And if you look at the stats, about 10% of every one of those, so about 200 on the men's side and 150 on the women's side have gone on to play professionally. And, you know, we, that, that league one in 2014 had nine teams this year, we're going to have 161 teams. You know, we've, we've rebranded uh, league one uh, Quebec from PLSQ to be league, league one Quebec. We're you know, doing a pilot in the Maritimes now, and we're working hard on the prairies to really make that uh, a, a, a fully national um, you know, development league. Um, we have hosted the first women's interprovincial national championship last year, which is going to continue at, at this at this stage. And uh, you know, we're doing we're doing what we can. Uh, by the same token, you know, trying to give as uh, as many opportunities at CPL to promising players because the only way you get better is you know playing against really good good players. And you know, the nice thing about CPL is it, it's a pipeline, and as we add teams, that pipeline's only going to get bigger and bigger. And as you, you all know, players develop at different different ages too. You know, you, you, you have some players that won't develop to the 22, 23 years old, but if they don't have that opportunity, then they'll never get there. And, and I think what we are is, is providing that opportunity. And obviously you, you signed a uh, Costa Smeniotis recently as well uh, to help on that development side of things. A uh, right. great hire, obviously. Um, has there been any conversation about league one um, dropping to a, to U23 league at some point i know jimmy's mentioned this before yeah um to help the, the developments in the pathway yeah i think um uh, all of those things are are in in kind of our our consideration suite right now and that's one of the reasons why i hired hired costa because he has great experience in terms of build what he did to build sigma with his brother and what he's done at forge so he's got a pretty unique uh, viewpoint on how do you connect that pyramid from the from the grassroots all the way up through the professional level into the national national teams? So, uh, you know, that's part of his mandate is how do we connect that and how do we how do we take you know let's say some of the best uh, clubs within League One and can you continue to work with them to raise the standards whether that could whether that's facilities whether that's broadcast whether that's you know how they're how they're training players whether there's competitions uh, so it's 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 a work in progress but. Um, between uh, between Costa and you know guys like Josh and, and Rob, we've got a lot of football minds thinking and working of, working on it. Mark, see with League One as well, a lot of the teams are operated by clubs, which are non non for profit organizations. Yeah. Um, and when you do raise the standards, a lot of the clubs find it difficult because of resources. Yeah. Um, do you think at some point down the line you'd be looking to maybe? take these franchises more or less away from the non-for-profit organizations and give them to individuals who want to own outright clubs? It's a, that's a great, great question, Jimmy. I mean, many of these clubs uh, exist through pay for play. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a model that's uh, pretty, pretty prevalent in Canada and obviously in the, in, in the U S and that not only is a challenging model it, it certainly has the opportunity to exclude those that don't have that don't have the resources to you know to, to, to enter that system and so I'm not positive I've got the answer for you as we as we're talking right now but um, you know anything that we can do to uh, uh, reduce barriers to entry um, whether it's at league one or affiliating with our clubs and, and making it uh, as cost effective as possible we're going to we're gonna we're gonna do that if you have any ideas I'm, I'm 
I'm all ears. I'd love to share them with you. <laughs> well, we'll hook up the meeting pretty soon between two of you, okay? How about that? Right. Um, Mark, as mentioned you know, earlier, you know, so you arrived in the job uh, last year um, in, in this firestorm just erupts uh, player revolt with the CSB being, being front and center. Um, in your opinion, it's been mentioned already, I know, but, but does the current deal need to be revised? And if so, how far along are you to revising the CSB deal? You know, CSB has been used as a pawn in a labor negotiation. Let's call it what it is. And I'm, I am sick and tired of CSB getting bashed. CSB is the creator of over 500 full-time soccer jobs in this country. CSB is the reason why we can continue working to expand League One. CSB is giving opportunities to the likes of Drew Becky to continue his playing career and then move into the front office or Jordan Wilson to move into broadcasting or Jelani Smith to go into, you know, continue his technical career. And as it relates to the, the agreement, um, you know, we have made many overtures toward Canada soccer including one very specifically on March 7th of this year to the former secretary general that I wrote under, even though we're under no obligation to do so, here's an opportunity that we think we can, um, we can help. And I'm still waiting for a response to that. And so the ball is in, in Canada soccer. We want to do our part. Um, we think we can play a, a really important role, but at the end of the day, this is a labor dispute, you know, and you know we, we're not at all involved with that. Yeah, you know, we've 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 offered to to help in any way we can, but we are, you know, that's between Canada Soccer and the men's and women's national teams. Is it about increasing the amount of money that's provided to Canada Soccer by CSB? Because is it realistic to expect them to run their national programs on ballpark four million dollars a year? That's you know, and, um, we have made an offer that would increase the money going to Canada soccer, even though we're under no obligation to do so. And we're a fraction of the revenues that go into Canada soccer. So we're being used um, and accused of doing things that are so opposite of what's happening uh, in, in, in the real world. And, and, and it's because it's a, a labor dispute, you know, WestJet and its pilots just fortunately, uh, you know, got it got a deal done late last night. But even you know something like something like that, it's contentious. It's hard. It's emotional. Um, and but for us to be positioned as the bad guys, it, you know, couldn't be further from from the truth here. And that needs to stop. It yeah. absolutely needs to stop. That, that's fair, but I think you also have to look at the recent success with the men qualifying for Qatar, the women being Olympic champions, and then there not being tangible increases in revenues in terms of what CSB is responsible for bringing back to Canada soccer. So why is there um, not the increase that you expect to see and, and who's responsible for that increase no. not being there if it doesn't exist? Amy, you you don't know what the, the 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 particulars of the deal are. There are bonuses that are built in there. There's increases go every single year of that of that deal, and we proactively went to Canada Soccer with an offer to open up and add even more money, which I I believe would add a considerable amount. Um, so 
there there are discussions that are going on right now uh, with the with the leadership that we hope are going to be productive. But by the same token, um, players want to be paid, right? And I respect that. I'm a washed up player. Many of you guys are. I got a brother who's still an active coach, and coaches always want bigger bigger budgets. I don't know a coach who doesn't want more resources. I don't want a player or a player agent who doesn't want more money in their players' pockets. But if all the money's going into one pocket, you can't complain that there's less money in the other pocket. And, and so there's a finite amount of resources. No matter what we do at CSB, there's a finite amount of resources that Canada Soccer needs to d- decide how do we best serve our mission. And part of our mission is is paying our national team players to honorably represent the country and giving them the tools that they need to be successful. Part of our mission is working with the, 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 uh, the provincial soccer organizations to grow the game. Part of our mission is, uh, is to grow the game at all levels. And how do I balance that? And that's really something for Canada soccer to do. You know, we provide one piece of funding, a small piece of funding in the grand scheme of things to Canada soccer. They decide what to do with the macro piece of piece of funding, and and candidly, the players are being paid um, to represent their country, um, and then you know things like business class airfares and private chefs and all the things that uh, are necessary to have great programs. Um, you know, there, there, there's only a finite amount of money there, and so Canada Soccer has to make trade-offs in order to make that make that happen. I think you said there March 7th was when the proposal was put to Canada Soccer. He's still waiting to find out, uh, get a response. Obviously, there's been a big leadership upheaval, you know, between probably between March 7th then and, and today or close to it. Um, would you consider that the relationship between CSB and Canada Soccer is being acrimonious at, at all at, at this point? It seems odd they wouldn't get back to you by this point. No, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of changes over there, and um, you know, it's uh, that that's that's well documented. And now you've got a uh, Charmaine uh, who's been elected permanently for the the remainder of the of the term, and um, you've got a a new acting secretary general. Um, and so now that that has been you know, decided and solidified. Um, then that we're, we're hoping to get uh, get get some feedback on how we can be helpful. But we're sorry, we're not we're not the bad guys here. We are doing our part, but recognize that we are only one piece of the puzzle and part of the one part of the equation. And and if you look at um, what we are investing to build the game, there's not a single one of our investors who's ever taken a dollar out of this. In fact. As, as, as well documented, they're over a hundred million dollars in the hole. And so um, you know, for us to be positioned as the bad guys um, is, is really unfair. It needs to stop. I think that you're in a certain points there, you're, you're absolutely bang on, Mark, especially when you look at our budget nationally. We Unfortunately, we're next to the United States and we compare ourselves to them far too often there are tens of millions more dollars in their budget than we are and there's only so much to go around what are we at about 30 million so if the players are going to take a massive chunk of that and they want champagne money um you're going to get beer quality you know facilities and and uh 
getting ready for tournaments. You just the money's just not going to be there. I don't believe there's a pot of gold in Canada sitting there somewhere either that is going to increase massively. So there is a, a negotiation go around by uh, everybody, including the players, uh, yeah. because just isn't enough. Uh, we want to work on our youth programs. We want, you know, which is so important for attracting players, potential players that could play for Canada. We don't have yeah. that money. We don't have enough money to prepare the women properly for the World Cup because there's, not, there's just not that money around. And I think the economics of it need to be understood by a lot of people, including the players. And there might have been some issues along the line, but the bottom line is that there's a, this isn't going to be a massive increase in budget in Canada over the next few years. I, I just don't see it. No. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 is, it, it is what it is. Uh, I, I was shocked uh, when I came into this market, I used to run integrated marketing for Gatorade in the, in the U.S. And I saw the size of our Gatorade deal here, and I'm like, where's the rest of it? And particularly with the benefits that we were giving them. And, and, and I, I was like, wait a second, that can't be, that can't be. And like, no, that's it's actually a pretty good, pretty good deal relative to uh, the size of the market. So I had to adjust my own expectations. Um, but um, you know, it's a it, it's it's not an easy solution uh, for any for anyone here, and I think all all, all parties have to do their part and, and and make sacrifices, and that's what we've we've tried to do as it relates to uh, you know voluntarily going back to Canada soccer. Here's how we would like to contribute and 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 help, and we're just waiting for a response on that. So to, to that end, you talked about when the women were in the she, uh, she Believes Cup and then forced back to work. Um, and you talked about wanting to be an ally, perhaps working with Canada Soccer to provide a stadium for a send-off game. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, if you know that's halted because Canada Soccer hasn't gotten back to you, how do you think you position the CSB and yourself in, in regaining trust from the fans but also from the national team players? What are the steps that you take in order to advance in that regard um, can, can you restate that that question i'm not sure i uh, i understood it um well i talked about you publicly stating wanting to be an ally with the women's national mm-hmm. team and tangible ways to do that yeah, yeah. then i said mm-hmm. canada soccer maybe was preventing you from actively doing so but then well, i pivoted yeah. to um well you can answer that if you want but i pivoted yeah. to how, how do you regain trust amongst the players but also from the general public I don't know how we we lost trust from the general public, and we've invested well over a hundred million dollars with zero return uh, in, into the sport. Um, we went to Canada Soccer, and, and we fundamentally believe that the women's team should have a send-off game on home soil. Um, and we offered you know, free stadiums and say, okay, we'll give you this stadium for 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 a send-off game. Um, and it didn't. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, they couldn't. Couldn't schedule it for whatever whatever reason. But we're trying to be an ally. We're trying to be helpful here. We believe that um, you know, that Canada soccer is 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 success is is our success. But we're we're, we're not the, uh, the 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 bad guys here. We're not the only people who are part of the solution. We all have to come together on it. And. Um, you know, we, we can we, we can make offers and if they don't get accepted, then so be it. 
But Jill, you think it's fair to say that the public perception, whether it's true or false, is that you guys are the bad guys? Of course, of course, because we're you know, being used in a labor dispute. And you know, that's, that's, that's yeah. the nature of these things. But we're obviously out of time here. Um, so, so, I mean, it's, it's fair to say, though, that there, there aren't like, you know, multi-million dollar sponsorship deals lining up on your desk, you know, piling up on your desk each day. How far away would you say Canadian soccer is to get into the point where those deals are being signed? You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that need to happen. There's, there needs to be harmony. You know, right, right now we're, we're taking these little guns and pointing them at each other as opposed to saying this, this sport of soccer can be the biggest sport in Canada within 10, 10, 10, 10 years, I, I believe. But we have to, we have to get, get, get aligned and start realizing it's soccer against everything else, not soccer against, against, against soccer. And um, I can't tell you the, the damage that you know, this dispute is, is is having in the marketplace um you know we've I, I, I can just give you countless examples of you know cibc not wanting to be on the the jersey that they've paid for because of the, dis- the dispute in some cases very tangible examples of of um uh, uh labor uh threatening partners who are trying to promote the game um there are you know, players themselves who have taken money from CSB that are bashing CSB, yet they're happy to take money from CSB that we broker and put in their pockets, yet they're very happy to go in front of commissions and bash the, the, the big bad CSB because it serves their purposes. And that's got to stop. That has, that has to stop. Well, Mark, listen. Uh, One thing we know for sure in this country, there's no helping our sport. Sorry, Craig, can you, can you say that again? You, you, you broke up. Okay. You're saying that there's nobody else in this country from any other sport, body, or anything else is going to help our soccer. We are on our own in this, in this development. We have two major uh, communication companies with Bell and Rogers that will finance it. Uh, you know, if this is not, we're going to get help with. So if we're pointing guns at each other, that is true. Nothing's going to get achieved because we've seen this happen decades, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's and, frustrating and, for sure. And you guys um, have probably seen our CRTC filing um, where we are going directly at that monopoly and uh, you know, spending a lot of time and a lot of money uh, uh, filing that CRTC filing, and uh, we're hoping it's going to, to to make a difference. But we're not just sitting back and letting it happen. And people, no, nobody wants to say, "Hey, CSB, great job! You're taking on the big, bad, uh, you know, distributors of content here who aren't doing the right thing by soccer." But it's easy. It's easy to point the finger at at, at us as being the bad bad people. But we're spending millions of dollars on things like that. Yeah, how did that surprise you, um, shock you, frustrate you when, when you came here and saw what Rogers and Bell were doing to, to block, it seemed to block one soccer from getting to uh, terrestrial TV? That's a, that's a much longer discussion, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we need wider distribution of soccer content in this, in, in this country. I can, I can unequivocally say that, and we're work, working really hard to do that. And one soccer is doing a great job, so we just needed to get more widely distributed. 
Can I right, get Mark, one listen, last one in? Sure, one last one, Amy, sure. Yeah, sure. save my, my hardest I've, one I've for a, the last. Yeah. I've got to, it's got to be quick because I have a, a hard stop now. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. So as an American living in Toronto, do you enjoy it? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Great, great city, great people. Um, um, I, I wish I had more time to get to know it. Uh, I'm spending more, a little bit too much, too much time in, in, in the office uh, trying, to, uh, trying to build this, uh, this wonderful game in this country. Well, Mark, thank you so much for this. Appreciate the time. I know there's some tough yeah. questions there, but uh, you know, questions that need to be asked. And uh, we'll have you back on, hopefully, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, I'd love it, and I really appreciate what you all do for the for the game. We, you know, we may not always agree, but we we have to come together and um, and build this sport because uh, uh, if we don't, nobody else will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, there's Mark. Right. Mark Noonan, uh, CEO of. CSB and commissioner of CPL. Uh, interesting, interesting chat there, guys. Um, I, I do, I mean, sadly, I'm not surprised or shocked that Canada Soccer have not responded to a proposal put by CSB. And then we, without knowing those numbers, who knows what that even looks like. But what were your thoughts on, on, on that specifically? I think that was probably the big thing out of that, that interview was that a proposal has been put to Canada Soccer who are yet to respond. And that was, what, two months ago? Yeah, I, I don't un- understand really, you know, and I, I asked uh, Mark about, you know, who's responsible for, you know, haven't been able to capitalize on the success of our national teams in terms of revenue, but also just tangible evidence of it, whether, you know, you're walking around or like a feel or a, or a vibe. Um, so, I mean, are they jointly responsible? Is it, but, you know, if Canada soccer is CSB is coming at them with something that's technically positive and they're not getting back like that's problematic i know there's been a, a shake-up there's been a changing of the guard new people in but how can you not be proactive how can you not work on something and you know maybe we don't know all of the details but the women's world cup is is coming up here <laughs> you know the so the cba is still is still unsigned yeah. there it's just there's so much unknown and um, the, those women, again, I've, I've said it before, they're going to be expected to get results, even though they've been undercut and undermined and, and, you know, underfunded in the lead up to this World Cup. And that, to me, you can point the finger squarely at Canada soccer. I thought it was interesting as well, where he said, we tried to help with a send-off game and here's a stadium, play the game in there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not up to the CSB to organize that game. That's up to Canada soccer. Um, but I'm sure there's an awful lot that the CSB has done and put forth that we haven't heard about. So it was good to get a, a little bit of an insight. And I understand what you're saying, and he's mentioned it there too. We we just don't have the money in this country. We're, there isn't sports <coughs> that we think there is. It's not America where there's 350 million people that live there and there's money to go around. Here, we're it's slim pickings trying to get anything. Oh, it's, it's true. I mean, it's sad. You speak to, I speak to, you know, fans of the game over here and they just assume there's these contracts and deals sitting there worth tens of millions of dollars for Canadians. It's like, no, that's just not the reality. I wish it was. Of course we do. And maybe one day it will be, right? But like Gatorade's not dropping 50 million <laughs> on Canada soccer and saying, hey, we'll be your health, fitness, drink. No, yeah, we it ain't happening. We don't have the population. The value for, for those big companies is not here. It's down in the States. Yep. Not here. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that money, whether you like it or not. 
that is better than what we're getting currently. So, you know, are we at a, a tipping point where it eventually is going to be more? I wish you would have spoken a little bit more um, openly and given concrete examples of, of how they could be doing a better job in terms of garnering that sponsorship. Yeah. Well, you look at project aid as well. The money that you guys are trying to generate as much as you want to get millions and millions, it's, it's not happening at the moment because the, the sponsorship dollars are just not there. The value for these big companies is not here. But I think there's a marked interest for, for wanting to sponsor a women's professional league, you know, after all the hockey Canada bullshit and, and, you know, being let down in, in kind of your traditional sports, there yeah. really is an appetite to fund there's there's an appetite for sure there is but at the end of the day when these individuals are putting down money their own money they want to see value and what's the return it's nice to have a gesture and say oh here's a couple million dollars you know put that towards your project but at the end of the day when they're talking 10 million 20 million dollars there's got to be there's got to be an roi otherwise they're not doing it yeah but it's not going to be an roi tomorrow or next year or the year after no Again, I'm repeating myself, but big leagues like the NBA, which are massive money makers now, suffered losses early on. There has to be investment, whether it's in a women's league or in a CPL initially, so that you eventually do see a return on your investment. You have to have that initial, um, you know, money being being put down and not expecting anything in return and, and expect losses. But you have to put that investment in initially. Right. But that that's that comes from an individual's pocket, right? Now, if you want to return and say, okay, you know, we're hoping that in 10, 15, 20 years, that's got to be a long-term project where they're going to say, I'm willing to lose $100 million and hopefully things take off here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And for even the league now, the owners losing $100 million collectively. I mean, there's only so much money to go around. I think that the, as a part of it would be, I think with the women's push too, Jimmy, though, they've got on their their side is the fact there's a goodwill here. There's a, it's a, it needs to be done. It hasn't been done. We as corporate, you know, sponsors of other sports and other things have not been there for the women. And now it's about time that we do. So there's a certain amount of goodwill. We're certainly going to need that goodwill to be able to make it work in the early years. So we, we just know that because we've seen that with the, the, the men's CPL. So, but I do think that there's potential there and looking at what, uh, well, Amy knows this inside and out and what we've seen with Diana Matheson. Uh, she's doing some incredible work out there looking for that yeah. good. And I think she's had some success doing it. Yeah, she's got some good partners. And don't get me wrong. I want I want to see somebody come in there and go, there's 50 million for, for soccer in this country. Let's grow it. But yeah, it's a tough ask, especially in today's today's market. Fun times, eh? Remember when Canada actually qualified for the World Cup and how great we we, we felt? And wow, this is it. This is it. This is a tipping point, everyone. Men's, women's, we're going to benefit. It's going to be great. Wow. Finally, we have arrived. <laughs> Here we are. And never be more distant and separated, I don't think. Ever. Right in the shitter. Right in the shitter. <laughs> yeah. We're all trying to keep our heads afloat of those turds. Yeah. <laughs> There's a way out of that bowl, though, Amy. There's a way out of that bowl, but it may take a few years. Yep. Actually, I have a funny story. Campbell, um, one, of, one of the twins, we were going into the grocery store after soccer practice the other day. And uh, my husband makes smoothies every morning for the kids. So he's like, get bananas, but also get some shitty bananas. But I didn't think the kids heard, like, shitty bananas. Like, you know, the spotty ones that maybe are half off, right, that we freeze and put in the smoothies. And so we're in the grocery store, and we'd split up, and I was over in the veggies, and 
Evie and Campbell were getting the the bananas and then I just hear because there's hardly anybody else in a grocery store Campbell going Evie don't forget the shitty bananas <laughs> I, <was> like, oh, <laughs> <fuck."> <laughs> I guess he heard yeah so that's where we are right now. now filthy mouths Amy jeez I mean <laughs> yep, Canada soccer shitty bananas. Right, right bananas are better for you the riper they are the more healthy they are for you yeah. all right well listen that was a great show uh, I think we covered a lot today <laughs> a lot um, but our thanks to Mark Noonan especially for, for joining us um, we know we'll, we'll reach out to Canada soccer as well and uh, I'd love to get Charmaine on the show I'm not sure she'll come on but uh, we will certainly make the request. Why shouldn't we? All right, everyone. That's our footy prime. We're back on Monday morning, recapping the weekend, the penultimate weekend of oh, the Premier League season. Twice, twice eh? and I pronounced it beautifully both times, unlike apoplectic. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Laters. And keep buying newspapers. Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Craig, and Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.